Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. I just want to start off by saying I just apologize to the organization, my team, my family. You know how I reacted out there on that field Monday night. I mean, that's not a way... I should carry myself, especially as a leader on this team. Uh, apologize to Stephanie Cozem, you know, and the things she has taught me. I should never react that way towards him or towards my team. Period. Like I say, man, it's just a place right now where I feel like you know I can I can do better and I can help my team out much more. We can be in a better situation and do and do make the game a lot easier on my team rather than me hurting us in the middle of the game. That was Xavier Rhodes. Courtesy of Vikings.com, apologizing can I ask you a question? for his poor play. Yes, you can. Hello, Judd. Hasn't he melted down several times before on the sideline? And and don't he and Zim get get into it like a parent and kid f- fairly frequently for this league? It, he apologized like this never happens. I feel like I've seen Xavier Rhodes, and this is not a knock. Yeah. I just feel like I've seen him melt down on the sideline and Mike yell back at him and him yell back at Mike, and I feel like I've seen him, if not spike his helmet before, yeah. slam it down. He actually, so he commented, I'm going to play a couple more clips here too because sort of off what you're saying, you know, where did that frustration come from? This is what he said. Honestly, I just can't say it's just been that play. It's just been what's been going on this year. You know, and, um, I've been battling some things, but... Uh, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. You know, when I'm out there on that field, I'm not there. Everything I'm battling, I have to go away. You know, I have to go out there and, and play for the guy inside of me because I know if I mess up like I messed up on that one play, that's what it's going to lead up to. You know, uh, like I said, I've been in this league for a while, seven years, and I should know that. And I shouldn't, that shouldn't come to this point where i just figuring that out, preparing taking to it, you know, and it's just that, you know, I just know now that what I need to work on, what I need to do. This uh, series of quotes and sort of apologies mm-hmm. from Xavier Rhodes makes me think a lot higher of him than, not that I thought like poorly of him as a person or anything before uh, a couple days ago, but I just, I love it. I love that he came out, you know, he reacted the way that he did. He slammed his helmet and he was arguing with teammates and the coach. And But he's been playing like trash all year and a lot of guys are just in denial. And I think the fact that he comes out and just flat out, owns the elephant in the room, takes accountability. It's not going to fix his bad play. It's not going to make the Vikings' defense better this weekend. But I love the fact that he raised his hand and said, I made mistakes, I've been playing like crap, I've reacted like crap, and here I am, throw questions at me. I think that's cool. Yeah, when you see outbursts like he had on the sidelines, 
You don't want to see it, and it's not good for a football team. But at the same time, it's also not the end of the world. You see stuff on like that on NFL sidelines all the time. And B, I get it. I mean, I've been frustrated. I I slam stuff on the ground. I might I might punch a wall if I if my if if my fuse is really lit. Yeah. So I, I get it, and I, I don't hold it against a guy that doesn't that doesn't make him a bad guy. It doesn't mean he has he has a hot temper. He's a bad teammate. That's a dude who's frustrated. That's a dude who's been good. Not just good, dominant at football his whole life, at every level he's ever played. And all of a sudden, he can't stop a wide receiver. Like, just imagine being dominant at something your whole life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you don't know how to do it anymore? That's that's frustrating as hell, man. I, I, I would have an outburst, too, of some sort, I'm guessing, if I was in that situation. If I was ever that good at something and then fell as, as far and as fast as he did. That's, that's a human reaction that we saw on the sideline from Xavier Rhodes on Monday. Apologize. Don't apologize. I don't care. I don't care. Do your job. And the problem is... but the pro- Okay, the problem, though, isn't the quotes from Rhodes. Because after the game, what his one line was, I'm out the door. And then he left and didn't talk, and then today, clearly, he calmed down. Or somebody got to him and said, dude, that really looked bad. And he said, okay, that's a good point, and apologized. And from everything that Collar tells me, Xavier Rhodes is a very, very bright individual, and he's very smart. Um, it bothers me more that that it seems like, and not just through his words, but more importantly, his actions, that the head coach keeps going to this well and not saying something's wrong and I can't play you consistently. 60 snaps on Monday night is just way too much. Out of how many was it like most, I, most of the game? Uh, I mean, he missed two series. but Mike Hughes got 19, and here's the amazing statistic. Holton Hill, one defensive snap. And Holton Hill can play, and I know he had troubles, but he, but he can play. Uh, but beyond the words that these guys are saying, what bothers me is the lack of recognition that, when it comes to Rhodes' playing time, it really needs to be altered, and I thought it would be by now, and it's continually not. So, doesn't that, doesn't that tell you, though, that they're seeing something in practice, that Holton Hill is not the answer? Um, but the problem is Rhodes is not the answer Because you've got to think that they've tried that, that that thought has run across somebody's mind of, hey, this hasn't been good with you know, Rhodes, and it hasn't been good with Hughes, and it hasn't really been that good with Trey Waynes. Maybe let's give Holton Hill a chance. They, we can't be the only ones thinking that. And now, here's the problem, I think. I think Zimmer's loyalty to Rhodes runs so deep that he keeps thinking it will get fixed, and it doesn't. I'm more on Judd's side with this. I honestly think the number attached to his name financially is a factor. Not that it should be, but I think I think that's a factor. I think the fact that that Xavier Rhodes has been Mike Zimmer's pet project since the day he was drafted five years ago or whatever it's been. I think all those things, like, it's a big move to take a guy who you've been working on for that long and a guy that makes that much money, for just putting myself in Mike Zimmer's shoes. It's a big, big move to say, hey, man, you're not starting and you're only going to play a few series when Holton Hill or Mike Hughes needs a breather. I, th- I think it's been hard for Mike Zimmer to fully come to terms with that level of decision i guess i get that i i'm i've been accused of being loyal to a fault like to the point where it, where it even hurts me but i'm not an nfl head coach my job's not on the line a season's not on the line correct when i do those things you don't have 53 other guys 52 other guys other than xavier rhodes probably looking at you going dude what are we doing here like love x good dude great teammate uh, i'm good with them but what are we are we trying to win football games or not and as far as the money I, my philosophy has always been whenever somebody says, and this happens across every sport, you're paying them that much, you got to play them. 
I'd rather pay you to do nothing than pay you to hurt me. And right now, Xavier Rhodes is hurting you. And I don't care what the price tag is. Xavier Rhodes is hurting you. And Rhodes' quote, though, that, that Phil just played is very intriguing because he says, I'm going through something. And I'll go back to what we talked about on the Wednesday show is if you watch Rhodes try and play right now, he clearly is hobbling. Like, this guy is not running normal. And so if he's going through something, to me, if you're Zimmer, that provides you even more justification to say, yeah, you can't play as much. And it might not even because I think you stink. It might be because you can't really run very well. The biggest play in question in that game, or the the play that sort of sparked the the benching for two series of Xavier Rhodes was he thought he had safety help over the top. Harrison Smith was on the line of scrimmage. I think you figure he would have saw Harrison Smith and whether he got burned or thought there was safety coverage, uh, there was a clear miscommunication and he came back to the sidelines and he was the one that was pissed off and was being told by his teammates, no man, you messed up. Uh, This was his reaction. One play I particularly, you know, I really, it was my fault on the play on that touchdown, and uh, that's how I'm going to leave it. Not getting any details about that. It was 100% my fault. No one no, no one else. You know, I was supposed to be at a certain spot at a certain time, and I wasn't there. And uh, like I say, you know, I'm, I'm a leader on this team. I've been a leader for a while, and I need to do better and play my role a lot better than I've been playing lately. Did you see the exchange between him and Harrison Smith on the sideline after that yeah, play? Yeah, he, like, grabbed Harrison's head. It looked like Harrison Smith took the blame for it. On the side, now I'm just going, I couldn't read, there wasn't any lip reading to do because Xavier Rhodes kind of said it right into his ear. I'm just going off body language and the way that Harrison's and his facial expression, the way that Harrison Smith reacted to whatever Xavier Rhodes said, it looked like he sat back and had a look on his face like, damn, I blew it. You yeah. know what I mean? And kind of shook his head. So I'm surprised that, and maybe he's just saying that, maybe he's protecting his teammate. It looked to me like Harrison Smith on the sideline felt like he he blew the call. So here here's my interpretation of because I I saw the same interaction that you did. I think a lot of fans probably saw it, it's where Xavier Rhodes walked up and put his hands on the side of Harrison Smith's head and they like were forehead to forehead. Yeah. And so I thought Harrison Smith, which is how we do all our show meetings. It is right. Yeah. Just forehead exactly. to forehead. Exactly. The three of us <laughs> just sweating, wearing football shoulder pads. It's true. <laughs> Taking blame for things. Really sorry about that uh, second segment today, guys. There's totally a bit fault. that Colbert does where it's supposed to be like an intimate, private conversation. So him and his guest will literally both stick their heads in opposite ends of a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a fisheye lens camera in there. It's great. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Carry on. We'll do that at some okay, point. Yeah. Down. So I think my interpretation was Harrison Smith was annoyed by Xavier Rhodes' reaction on the sidelines. And he was just literally trying to say, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, just, just stop talking I, I, to I'm, me. I'm annoyed by this. Right, we just give up a touchdown. Just get out of my face. Not that they don't like each other, but just like in this moment, I'm annoyed by it. Right. And if I, and again, I, I, I doubt if anyone's going to lay out exactly what the what the play should have been. But sure. my interpretation is that Xavier Rhodes thought there were two safeties over the top, and Harris was on the far side from Xavier Rhodes, and so he thought Harrison Smith was going to be behind him on the near side. Well, Harrison Smith was literally on the line of scrimmage next to the def- next to uh, I think Everson Griffin. Yeah, and he was in front of Xavier Rhodes, who was playing I don't know eight yards off the ball, ten yards off the ball, whatever it was. So on TV, you see the replay and you think, well, how does he not see Harrison Smith there? But he's probably locked in on different things. And so did Harrison Smith deviate from what the because actual he does, play call should have been? He, he does, does freestyle sometimes. Did he freestyle thinking? 
hey, Xavier and I have played together long enough. He sees me. He knows that I'm not back yeah, there. That's what I thought. Well, I don't know. And I think during the course of the bye week that Zimmer probably told the corners, I'm going to get you against this team in particular more safety help, right? But what makes Harrison Smith so damn good is very simple. He's a rover. So he has, I, I think he has the ability and has been told that to a certain degree, you can freelance some yeah. things, right? Because what makes this defense go is if I'm an offensive player against this defense, 22 is a nightmare because I don't know where he's going to be. So if he plays traditional safety, it makes my job pretty simple, right? Yeah. So I think Rhodes was was upset by something that he's seen a thousand times, which is Smith saw something, came up, and Rhodes like, no, no, no. But the problem is Rhodes has paid that salary and three years ago was so great because if Harrison did that, nobody cared and it worked. Yeah. Also, the which other- is why the frustration thing I think got basically a screen match between Zimmer, Rhodes, and then Rhodes going to Smith, who probably said, "I was doing what I'm supposed to do, dude." But yeah, that's fine. and the other elephant in the room here is that Xavier Rhodes. We're sort of left here with like wondering if Xavier Rhodes can get a little safety help, and that's never been a thing. Like he's never been the guy that just needs a little safety help. Right. He's just the guy that you put on the best receiver, and he shadows them and. You shut him down. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North and the Score North app. Uh, you can give our podcast a five-star review, and uh, that would make us feel validated. Andrew and Shakopee, you're on the show. Hey, guys. I just want to touch on a couple things. Uh, first off, I kind of want to just know your opinion on this. Uh, let's be clear. The writing's on the wall. Xavier's not going to be back next season. He, I don't see him taking a pay cut. I don't see him paying him anything. I don't even see him wanting to give the guy a pay cut. So the writing on the, writing's on the wall, he's not going to be back next year. So is Mike Zimmer really ready to lose his job over a guy who's probably out the door anyways after this year? And, and can Spielman sit there and let Zimmer lose his job over this because the writing's on the wall that if Zimmer's gone, Spielman's probably gone. So how can Spielman sit there? And I just don't know how all this can just go on. I mean, there's too many jobs at stake, and for a guy who's he's gonna be gone after this year. I mean, it's it's a foregone conclusion. Any everybody knows that nobody wants to talk about it within the organization, obviously, because the guy's been here forever. He had good years, but I mean, he's not gonna be back next year. So I just don't see why they're so loyal at this point. I just. I, I don't know what, what's your guys' thought on that. I want. I got one more thing I want to ask. For sure, hey Andrew. Uh, well, let's let's call back on the next thing uh, either either tomorrow or later in the week, just because we're we're kind of flying through some different topics here. Thank you for the first question. Um, again, I think I don't think Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are sitting in their chairs when they're eight and four. They're going to go to the playoffs thinking, "Boy, my job's on the line if I don't bench Xavier Rhodes." I honestly think. Mike Zimmer looks at Xavier Rhodes and says, he's not the same player he was, but he's still one of the best options that we can put on the field. And that's where, that's where, like to what Judd said, Holton Hill had one snap. Well, if you put Holton Hill out there for 30 snaps, is he better than Xavier Rhodes? Obviously, Mike Zimmer thinks no. We think probably yes. Yeah. And, but Mike also thinks, Mike's big thing too is the one thing he has consistently done defensively, which at times probably can be a little bit destructive, right? Is he's been loyal as can be. Griffin's back. 
Anthony Barr was gone. That money could have been allocated yeah. elsewhere, and he came back. And yes, he's a good player, but there's a lot of teams that that when Barr called you from New York and said, "I want to come back," would have said, "Oh, sorry, dude, that's gone." So it's frustrating that Mike doesn't change what he does here with Rhodes because I think we all watch Rhodes struggle on a weekly basis and think, "What are you doing?" But if you think about it too, it's not shocking. He's he's very consistent in in the fact that defensively he's got his guys. Now the one thing that does try my patience a bit though when when it comes to Zim and his defensive players is this: if that had been an offensive player on Monday night, let's say, let's say it's a receiver, okay? So so the road screw ups are a receiver or a special teams guy mm-hmm. kicker. Mike would not be singing their praises right now and saying, good kid, I really like him. Mike would say, we got to make those plays. This is ridiculous. So if I play for Mike, and I'm not on the defensive side of the ball, I would be getting a little frustrated with, hold on a second here. Your guys aren't held to, at least externally, the same uh, the same threshold that kickers, punters, sometimes QBs, i.e. Case Keenum, right? Receivers. That's a little bit fr- frustrating because he continues to defend Rhodes. Like I don't know right. what you guys are talking about. But is it? But to me, it's it's less about evening the scoreboard of calling guys out in the media, and it's more about what is the thing or the whether it's what you say or do. What is the thing that's going to produce the result that you want? Right. Is calling out Xavier Rhodes for being too old and unable to no, run fast? I'm saying almost a favorable say. Result? I'm saying almost say nothing at this point. Publicly, I would say nothing. I just think it's it's intriguing that he defends Rhodes. He could just say he's got to improve. Yeah, that's true, and, and he, say nothing else. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to call him out. But there's a way to hold him accountable. Not when I say hold him accountable, I don't mean like Xavier Rhodes did something wrong. I mean. Performance-wise, guys need to be held accountable. And if you're not playing up to the level that Mike Zimmer needs you to play at, if there's a better option, you got to go to that better option. You have to. That's that's literally your job as a coach, is to decide who is going to go out there on the field yeah. and give me the best chance to win a football game. And Judd's right. I don't think the other guys in that locker room are looking at Mike Zimmer and 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 waiting for him to go off on Xavier Rhodes in the locker room, but they are looking at him and going, is that the best option? Is that the best guy you can throw out there to give the rest of us the best chance we can have to win a football game? Yeah, That's got to be going through some guys' minds in that locker room yeah. right now. Has to be. Uh, we got a few, le- f- a few minutes left here talking Vikings in this segment before we uh, take a break here. And Rami, I think uh, the floor is yours. Do you have, do you have, w- give us like your best... Vikings take that you've been saving up the last couple days since the Vikings played Seattle. Give us like your best or hottest or most controversial take. What do you got for us? That loss was not a big deal. And I actually feel better about their Super Bowl chances after that than I did before Monday night. Wow. How's that? Is that hot enough? Um, Sizzling? Judd has turned Got a little sizzle on it. So... While I agree with you that that loss in a vacuum is not a terrible loss, because and again, in a vacuum, it's at Seattle. Kirk Cousins played really well for the most part. Uh, you came, you, you had a lead at halftime. You came back in the fourth quarter. There's a lot of good things to hang your hat on, and you did all those things without Adam Thielen, with with Riley Reef uh, dinged with a concussion, and Dalvin Cook got knocked out of the game. So in a vacuum, I'm with you. I mean, that's that's not a loss that you're going to lose a lot of sleep over if it's just 
one game on a, on a schedule against Seattle. Mm-hmm. But the second part of your take is ridiculous. Why is that? To feel better about their chances to go to a Super Bowl. I do. After they've mathematically basically eliminated their chances of playing home playoff games. But they haven't. They can I still mean, win the division. The Packers are going to have to lose to either the Bears at home. Yeah. The Is it the Lions? Uh, and some other crappy team besides the Vikings. Washington on Sunday. Washington. The Vikings have to run the table okay. and hope that the Packers lose another game as well. Washington, that's probably not going to happen. The other two teams, I can very well see the Packers stumbling at this point. The Packers have steadily been declining for about four or five weeks now. And and they've gotten wins in most of those games, but I've watched just about every snap of those games and that football team doesn't do a lot to impress me. They did the first four or five weeks of the season, and I really thought with the young talent that they had on the defensive side of the football and Mike Pettin, who I think is a very good defensive coordinator, that that defense would just get better as the season went on, and Aaron Rodgers would pick up LaFleur's offense, and that would be clicking at, at a higher level than, than it was at the start of the season. But neither of those things have happened. The offense has stayed level, which has not been good, and the defense has taken steps back. I think the Packers very well could stumble in one of these last four games, including the Vikings and another one. I don't think winning this division is out of the question. But even that being said, when you talk about going on the road in the playoffs and winning football games, I'm not saying I would pick them to go to Seattle and win. I'm not saying I would pick them to go to New Orleans and win or San Francisco or Green Bay or wherever else that they might end up. But I certainly give them a chance, and I feel better about that chance after Monday night because I watched the Vikings without their all-pro running back for a half, without their left tackle for at least a half, without their second-best wide receiver for the entirety of the game, go toe-to-toe with the Seahawks, Answer every shot and come up one possession short of winning that football game. Give them, give them a full strength offense. And look, we're sitting here talking about the defense being a problem, and it is. And I've been saying that for four or five weeks now, and people are finally starting to come around to see things my way. But I think that that offense at full strength, clicking at its peak, uh, its its peak abilities can go into Seattle and outscore the Seahawks, can go into New Orleans and outscore the Saints, can go into San Francisco and outscore the 49ers. It's an offensive football team now. It's not a defensive football team anymore, and that's what you're going to have to do is win shootouts with those teams on the road. Would I pick them to do it? Would I predict that they're going to do it? Probably not. Do I give them a legit chance to do it after Monday night? Yeah, I do. Oh, boy. Hmm. I don't know where to start. Uh, I'll start here. I'll tell you the same thing that I told you on Score North Live. It's the exact same now as the Twins. Their offense is really good. They're they're pitching defense, not good enough. And if you have to go to San Francisco, which has a killer defense, just great. And by the way, that offense there for the 49ers would be just fine. If you've got to go play the Saints there, uh uh-uh, sorry. I can see you. You're going to be a playoff team. And we've said that. And I could see you going to Green Bay. I wouldn't pick you. But if you won there, I'm not going to be shocked. But Super Bowl? No way. Yeah, see, I don't... Here's I the can't thing. get there. Again, I'm a... This is, Bill's more optimistic than I am, I think. But it's such a reach. I'm firm... This is where I am. I'm firmly between you guys in that I very strongly believe that the Vikings can win road games against tough teams. That game against Seattle was bang-bang. They had the ball down by four with a chance to win it. Uh, I think if Adam Thielen's on the field on that drive, I think you do win the game. You beat Dallas on the road, and even though Dallas, uh, their record is underperforming, look at their point differential, look at their offense. I mean, Dallas Dallas is a good team that just needs a better coach. 
They should have won the game against I Green agree. Bay. Yeah. They should have won the game against Green Bay at Lambeau Field. And I get that they're shooting themselves in the foot at the end of that Green Bay game with Kirk Cousins throwing a dumb interception. So, like, they're undoing in some of these close road games is themselves. I'm not denying that. But there's going to come a time, potentially, on the road against New Orleans, maybe against the, maybe it's against, well, San Francisco is a really tough beat on that track. But let's say, you know, you go to Dallas again in a, in a postseason game or Philadelphia or something. Like, it wouldn't shock me at all if they won one of those games. But this is where I, so that's where I'm with Rami. This is where I'm with Judd. They can't win three of those games in the playoffs. They're not going to win three road games in the playoffs. And I don't think I don't think they're going to win the division because I don't think the Packers are going to lose what a non-Vikings game. What are the game. chances, though, given what the NFL playoffs are every year, that there isn't at least one upset in the playoffs and you get a home game as a result of that? But you'd need, that's the thing, like you would need the wild, the, the upset would have to happen in the first round, right? right. You'd have to have, um, who's the other wild card team going to be? It looks right like it's going to be. the Niners. So it'd be Seattle, yeah, Niners Seattle or Seattle, Seattle the right? lead in the division. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess, I mean, like Niners or Seattle, if 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 you got if you got lucky and Niners or Seattle upset whoever the top but seed you're was, you're relying on lots of luck there. Then lots yeah, of lots it's of a, luck. It's a t- it's. I guess what I'm saying is, get back to me if the Packers drop a game, and now there's a chance to win the division mm-hmm. because but, then but you could, goes, then you have a, an easier path. But this goes back to if among the the teams with winning records that you played on the road, if you had two wins, if you had beaten Seattle or you beaten Kansas City or you had beaten Green Bay. I might have faith there. And by the way, if you had gone into Seattle and won on Monday night, now you set yourself up to win the division and possibly get home field. And then could I call you a Super Bowl team? A favorite? Probably not. But a Super Bowl team? Absolutely. Yeah. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North and the Score North app. And uh, if you're interested in more Vikings discussions, we have two daily Vikings shows going right now. Vikings Ventline is daily at 11 o'clock on Score North and podcastable anywhere you find podcasts. And Purple Daily with Matthew Collar, joined by contributors Sage Rosenfels, Alex Boone, Courtney Cronin, and Myron Medcalf. You can find that 2 to 4 o'clock every day here on Score North and the Score North app and podcastable Apple, Spotify, and the app, Judd Zolgat. When we come back, in other news. But uh, let's talk about what's on the TCL TV right now. Oh, Lamar Jackson, the best quarterback in the NFL, is on the TCL TV here. Talking about how awesome he is at football and how much they're going to destroy the Buffalo Bills probably this upcoming weekend. We watch all kinds of sports on. Oh, and there it is. There's Michael Vick's, of course. Michael Vick running 50 yards to the house against the Vikings in overtime in 2002. Hey, Beaker now, lost his cleats on that again. <laughs> just, I think. I think. Uh, I think on the grounds of uh, the sidewalk outside the U.S. Bank Stadium, where they should Greg Beaker's, Beaker's cleats are just honored there. So TCL gives you thousands of streaming channels, and that built-in Roku device also gives you access to 500,000-plus TV shows and movies. It's the best. We, it's, I've had two or three people just in the last couple of days say, hey, they tweet at me the picture of their TCL TV. Got a great deal on Black Friday. The uh, Christmas season is upon us, too. So why don't you surprise someone in your family with a new entertainment system set up, the TCL Alto Samba and the TCL Roku TV, any major local retailer in the Twin Cities, and TCLUSA.com. Mackie and Joe have a t- Hi, I'm John Henney, fourth generation owner of Henney Jewelers in Shadyside. When it comes to shopping for a diamond engagement ring, be sure you're getting the very best value. Before you think about purchasing a ring anywhere else, please stop into Henney Jewelers to compare. Our friendly team will make you comfortable and never pressure you. We are confident we'll help you find or create your dream ring at the absolute best value. Stop into Henny today or go to HennyJewelers.com to make an appointment. Henny Jewelers, we're your jewelers for life.